You're listening to the Futsal Guy podcast. I am your host and fellow soccer friend, the Futsal Guy. Hey everybody and welcome to the second episode of the Futsal Guy podcast. In this episode, I want to talk about three little topics. First, I want to talk about something that I think is relatable to a lot of you listeners out there, which is not having consistent training. Whether you are recovering from an injury and you are not able to train, or you're just lazy and you decided to take a couple of days off or even one or two weeks off. The second thing that I want to share with you are some unique training approaches that I think are useful and you should use them to develop your playing style or incorporate them into your team training so that your team's performance will increase. The last thing I want to talk about is basically the answer to the question what is the ideal weight for you as a soccer player. But before we get into all of that I would like to remind you to check out this episode's description and future episodes description as well because there will be some useful links to free resources to my youtube channel and my social media accounts as well and maybe some useful information as well so don't forget to check out the description this podcast is available on a lot of different platforms but i'm sure that all of them have the episode description as a little experiment in the last two weeks i decided not to do any training at all both in the gym or out in the field and i noticed a couple of things it was totally a different feeling from when i couldn't train because i was suffering from injuries being able to train and not going to train for two weeks is a strange feeling for me my emotions were all over the place one minute i was happy the other i was sad but mostly just homesick i don't know if you guys know but i am based in hungary which is a long way from home if i train on a regular basis i don't feel homesick as much i also noticed that with the extra time i watch a lot of movies tv shows and i eat a lot of bad food junk food which is not very nice a lot of the times i felt frustrated because I couldn't get any stuff done and I felt like I was behind. Everybody else in the world is training hard day in day out while I was just sitting there watching movies and eating junk food. So if you cannot train because you're recovering from an injury then I recommend you take as much time as you need. Don't rush it. You don't have to train. Get better because at the end of the day it's not worth it if you train and you end up having more injuries. But if you are one of those people out there who are just lazy, then don't wait till tomorrow. Train today. Go out there and do some work. Go out there and run. Go out there and train. Now let's move on to the second topic, which is the unique training approaches. I want to tell you a little bit about my futsal playing career. I played futsal for a team called Off Mile FC, which translates in English to WASP. It is one of the best futsal teams in Cambodia and in 2017 and 2018 the team competed in Cambodia's National Futsal League and I was also playing with the team at the time. The team's approaches to training is very unique and I want to tell you a little bit about that. Ofmal FC is located in Cambodia in the capital city Phnom Penh and The team has a training ground on the outskirts of the city. The majority of training sessions are conducted there on the training ground in the form of small-sided games against kids. At Ofmal FC, players train together in the form of games, but we rarely play against each other. 
that's because the head coach believes in uh, team chemistry and because players play together instead of against each other during actual tournament games so they should also be training together as well this leads to a question where to find the opponent if the players don't play against each other luckily in the neighborhood there are kids living and also an orphanage the training ground is open daily all day for kids to come in and play soccer they love playing and the players need opponents to practice with it's not as bad as you think at of mile fc safety always comes first we train on real grass and when we train with kids, we wear indoor shoes to minimize the impact if we accidentally step on one of their feet. No power shooting allowed either. And the kids aren't bad. Their ages range between 10 to 15 years old and they are improving all the time. We also try to make the games as competitive as possible for the development of the players. Depending on the kids, we might play 5 versus 8 or five with no goalkeeper on our side versus seven kids and so on to make the game fair for both teams. We also added extra challenges like a 50 meter sprint every time the kids score a goal which happens a lot. Almost half of the time we end up losing because there are just too many kids and after two hours of training it's impossible to keep up with them. Usually kids show up to the training ground every single day and we welcome them. Oftentimes the head coach would prepare hard-boiled eggs and after every training each of them get an egg or two depending on the available eggs, the number of kids and so on. If one kid is skinnier than the others then he or she because there are some girls coming to play soccer as well we will give them additional eggs the only requirement is that they eat the eggs before they leave the training ground you might ask why that's because Cambodia is still a developing country and of my training ground as I said is located on the outskirts of the capital city Many kids around the neighborhood are living in not so good conditions and the orphanage also house many underprivileged kids and they also need our help sometimes. Eating eggs before they leave the training ground is a good idea because some of them don't have enough to eat. Uh, some kids will bully others for the eggs and some simply do not want to eat a lot of food. There are so many situations where some of the kids might not get their share of protein so eating before leaving the training ground is a good idea. Of course the team cannot afford to provide every single day but the team always try to do it as often as they can. Another training approach is the no talking policy. A good team is one that has many many good players. A great team is one that has many many good players plus players chemistry, confidence, vision etc. The no talking policy is used to allow players to complete control over their own decisions to shoot, to dribble, to pass, etc. Shouting, asking for the ball, for example, creates the tendency for the player with the ball to focus solely on the recommended option. Because futsal is played at such a high intensity, the word recommendations from your teammates aren't always useful because you simply don't have the time to decide between different options. Every decision you make is very instinctive. That's what the head coach is trying to develop in players. The no talking policy encourages players to keep their heads up, be aware of where everyone is on the pitch without constantly having to rely on words to do so. This develops players vision and confidence. 
also players learn to trust their teammates and they don't have to bombard their teammates with suggestions. During games, the no talking policy is especially advantageous because Ofmal FC literally have no verbal communication. It's silent. If you are used to shouting in 11 aside games, then you will be surprised if you see Ofmal FC play. The opponents cannot pick up verbal cues, which can be frightening as the team defends sometimes. Talking is allowed when deciding things like free kick variation, goalkeeper communication during opponent's free kick, a word of encouragement from teammates, etc. But criticism from teammates is not allowed even though that happens from time to time. Overall, the no talking policy at Ofmal FC is very unique and interesting approach to the playing style of the team and it is certainly beneficial for futsal teams playing small-sided games if you implement it correctly but for 11 aside soccer games it's hard to tell if this is a positive approach to try another unique training approach is random friendly matches Ofmal FC has some of the most experienced players that's because the players play actual games almost every single day of the week. Random friendly matches are the most dangerous out of the different training types that Ofmal FC focuses on. That's because during these random friendly matches there are no referees and the games are usually two hours straight with no breaks. The players can substitute in and out all they want. Basically there are rentable artificial grass pitches that we can play 5 versus 5 or 6 versus 6 throughout the city. The owner of these places have contacts with various different teams, mostly amateur teams that are regular customers. In order to rent out their pitch on a daily basis, these owners will call up all the teams and try to organize matches between them. We can also call up a few places to see if they can arrange a game for us. Or usually they just call saying that they have available games say from 6 to 8 p.m. where we can play with a random team. Ofmal FC uses this as an opportunity to train the players. Having come here to Hungary and played in Hungarian's fourth division, I have to say that the players at my futsal team back home have so much more playing experiences than any of the division 4 players here in Hungary. I personally really miss all this friendly matches training back home. Also, uh, side note, bruises are also part of the training because futsal is played on a very small pitch then shielding and using the body to hold off opponents is a big part of the game. When we're trying to prepare for a tournament, we play a lot of games with kids instead of random friendly matches because the kids literally cannot injure us by kicking us. So if the team do not have competitions coming up, then the team will incorporate more random friendly matches with random teams. The last training approach is something that the head coach of Ofmal FC has a really strong appreciation for. That is volley football. Like the name suggests, volley football is a hybrid between a volleyball and football. The player's job is to not let the ball touch the ground, just like in volleyball. 
of Mart FC built a simple wallet football court in its training ground. The court is similar to a Sepatakro court. Sepatakro is basically just a kick volleyball sport that originated in Southeast Asia. Depending on the space available, you can have a court made with 5 meters by 10 meters. But the important thing is the height of the net should be quite low. Around 1 meter or less is good. Instead of playing with a small wooden ball like in Sepatakra. We use a standard size 5 ball. We do not use a futsal ball for this. All players love playing wallet football. 1 versus 1 or 2 versus 2. What is great about this game is the intensity and the techniques that the game can develop in players. Spatial awareness, creativity, touches on the ball are some of the special techniques that this game can teach players. I love playing volley football as part of the training sessions. I think that one crucial benefit of the game is the safety aspect of this game. The head coach allows players to bet a small amount of money against each other when playing if they would like to. Because one game can take so long to win or lose and the players only have so much energy to play, betting doesn't have a lot of negative impacts. In fact, players are more motivated if they give their all if there's some money on the table of course at the end of a two or three hours volley football session you lose a couple of bucks at most because players don't have physical contact with each other it's very safe and even if one side is a little aggressive no intentional injuries are created the rules of the game are up to the players or the coach special rules like only two touches rather than three touches or using left foot only or heading only there are so many possibilities and variations as long as both sides agree on the rules before playing then the sky is the limit wale football works on balls in the air quick change of direction heading fitness etc it's just a wonderful exercise for soccer players of my players see a lot of improvement from incorporating this into their training sessions. And it's not just a complimentary uh, exercise to training sessions. Some sessions are dedicated just for wallet football. That's how strongly the coach feels about this exercise. So to sum up, Okmal FC, which is one of the leading futsal teams in Cambodia, incorporate these four unique training approaches into their training regime. Wale football, playing against kids, no talking policy and random friendly matches. If your team or if you want to improve yourself as a soccer player, then you can consider implementing these approaches to your training regime. And good luck. Before I end this episode, I want to tell you the answer to the question what is the ideal weight for you if you are a soccer player? If you are one of those listeners who are trying to figure out what your optimum weight or your height is, then I'm going to tell you. Basically, I came across a website, EliteFootball.com, where they list down stats, mainly heights and weights of players playing at the top level. I do not know how accurate the stats are, but I checked uh, a couple players against other sites, and the heights and weights seem to be accurate enough, so I decided to use information from EliteFootball.com. I decided to get 
add up the players' heights and weight from the top leagues in the world, including Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, League One, and MLS for the American listeners' sake, and I gathered a total of 826 players. I gathered the players from the top five teams in each league, and this data was around March 16. So whichever teams were on top at the time, those are the teams I use. So after I have the data of the heights and weight of these 826 top performing players, I average the height to weight ratio, and the result is 2.45. This means that on average, the height of these top performing soccer players are 2.45 times their body weight. The standard deviation is 0.18. Meaning that the majority of players have their height to weight ratio between 2.45 plus 0.18 and 2.45 minus 0.18. For example, a 180 centimeter player on average weighs around 73.47 kilograms. And if we plug in the standard deviation, we will get a range. The lower end is 68.44 kilograms, and the upper end is 79.3 kilograms. Now, how do you calculate this? Good news, you do not have to calculate anything. If you go to the episode description, I will have a link. To where you can download a short ebook explaining all about this, and also containing the height-to-weight chart for soccer player that I made, showing all of the players' heights and their average weight, and also the range, the lower end and the upper end range. So basically, this is everything I want to share with you in this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to go check out the episode description. Because you will find a lot of useful links to my YouTube channel, my social media accounts, and the link to the ideal weight ebook that I made for you guys. Also, if you are listening to this on a platform where you can send a voice message, then I'm happy to hear your thoughts about everything. You can get in touch with me, or you can ask me a question, and I will try to help. Or if it's an interesting question, then I will. Try to put it in the next episode, and we will talk about that together. This is your host, the Futsal Guy, signing out. Mm-hmm.